while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Chris McCarthy. I'm Marcus Farrow. We're here with City Council Shane Burgo. Hey, Shane. Hey, how's it going? Great to have you back. Thanks for coming in, Shane. We really appreciate. We do it. appreciate you being available. I, not all of your colleagues are this available. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always said I want to be as accessible as possible, and you guys have always been great to me. So I, you know, I never miss an opportunity to come in when I can. So uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Also, take your messages on the WBSM uh, app. First thing I actually want to ask, if you don't mind, sure. is um, uh, we broke the news on Friday that one of your colleagues, Scott Lima, will not be seeking um, another term in ward uh, for Ward 5 city councilor. I just didn't know if you had any reaction to that. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really shocked, honestly. Um, I didn't know Scott uh, coming in uh, to the council, but he is one of the... Um, colleagues that uh, has really been helpful to me. Um, you know, he was one of the inaugural committee members on the Affordable Housing and Homeless Affairs. He has a, a, a large wealth of knowledge, um, and he, he's always been very uh, good to me in the sense that anytime he wanted, whether we agree or disagree, he's always called me, uh, given me information uh, that I might not have known. Um, I know he, we joke a lot uh, because, <laughs> because he was, I think he was born in 1962, and we were, talk, we were on a Zoom call one time and I was I was really laughing at something else but it was poor timing because I was chuckling reading something on my phone at the time he was talking about when he was born so now that's it's a running joke oh. that I <laughs> <laughs> right laughed about how old he was yeah, yeah. but no he, he's a great guy I hope you know uh in ward five um you know he might not be running in ward five but maybe he might be running for something else and maybe he you know will be involved in uh, I, I I know that this won't be the end for Scott Lima because he's someone who is cares deeply about our New Bedford community and I definitely look forward to continuing a partnership with him, whether he's on the council or not. It's great. So, Shane, um, we're here to talk about a number of things, but mostly housing, which is your signature issue. You ran on it. Uh, when you got elected, you, you um, uh, got the, the president of the city council, Ian Abreu, to create a housing committee, which, um, to your credit, and then he made you chairman of it. Yes. So you and now Linda Morin has extended that chairmanship. I think she expanded the committee. Extended and expanded. Yep. So you've been you've had housing as an issue for you since you first got elected. Uh, essentially, yes. It, and what I, I will say is, um, you know, I think I'm the first one to tell you I'm not an expert <laughs> in how it's not my background. You know, I do do work uh, with the Department of Transitional Assistance. That's my day job. Sure. Um, so social services in that sense has always been a part of my culture. But housing is not something I would say I'm an expert on. But I used to joke a lot during the forum saying that no matter what question you can ask about you know, as ask of us as a city council, the answer will always be housing. That's the, I, is the solution 
solution to almost every problem that we have here. Rising taxes, more housing. You know, Would you say that housing is, a, is, is the major crisis issue in the city right now? I would say so, yeah, and in, in not just New Bedford, but the region and uh, statewide and nationwide. So um, with this ballot question, uh, it passed the council. You've got a veto-proof majority. It looks – Mitchell's only comments were to Arthur Hirsch um, so far on mm -hmm. New Bedford Light. Um, so I want to give him credit on that. But he said that um, – and I, I didn't ask him at the gala because I just didn't think it was the time and space for it. But um, – because you're a well-adjusted person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, what do you think of this? Right. No, um, right. but uh, he said that um, that you guys on the three ballot questions uh, did not do the public, may have done the public a disservice by taking complex issues and sort of winnowing them down to simple ballot questions. And I think he might have included the housing question in that. So um, what's your general thoughts on that? Well, you know, uh, Mayor Mitchell's entitled to his opinion, and it's one that I, I'm not surprised by, um, which, you know, uh, it's been said on this show. Obviously, I, I probably should have, uh, you know, reached out to him ahead of time. For sure. Um, and, I, and I agree. You know, I did speak to the mayor. Um, and I, the first thing I did was apologize to him because and I will admit that I should have. Uh, you know, roped him in on this before releasing it. Unfortunately, with the timing of things and, you know, he has a very tight schedule, um, I didn't. You know, so it's his fault? No, I, I know. You know that, <laughs> that's the politician in me. Say, oh, I'll take a little blame, but let me push it. Yeah. yeah. No, like I said, I did apologize to the mayor that I didn't rope him in on uh, something like this a lot sooner. But And I think the, the mindset that I had, uh, if I could defend myself a little bit, was... Of course you can. Yeah. Is just that... You're the only one who's... No, this is a public stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Is, you know, my... The reasoning behind this ballot question, and I, and I want to stress this too, because the the other criticism I have is like, what does this ballot question even mean? And it doesn't even come with a policy and things like that, which is all true. And it was purposely designed that way to be vague, because I don't want to make any decisions at this state. We it's it's going to be a multi layered process. I want to bring in everyone, developers, bankers, real estate uh, landlords, and the residents of New Bedford. So this is a part of the residents of New Bedford. I'm hoping it will drive voter turnout because I don't want to see a situation where only 6.8% of New Bedford shows up to vote on this. That's not a clear representation of what we should do with this. But my intention is to hold the public hearing about it, have conversations. Uh, I, I do want to take this opportunity to plug our home group meeting um, that will be taking place this Wednesday, the 15th. It really was scheduled to talk about the uh, Congressman Keating's upcoming forum in April. Uh, I believe it's on April 12th. Yeah, there, there's representatives from HUD coming to that meeting, right? Correct, yes. yes go, go, give, give, tell people when the meeting is. So, so it's, we this, some it's this Wednesday, um, March 15th at Keith Middle School at 5.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. And so, really, we're looking to kind of meet uh, Mike Jackman. Um, Keating's uh, regional director. Yes, he'll be yeah. there. He's our uh, guest speaker and uh, kind of leading the conversation around that. But I assume, obviously, given the most recent news, uh, there might be discussion about the rent stabilization ballot question, mm -hmm. which I understand. Um, so we welcome that as well. You know, it's funny, uh, just just as an aside, I was at a uh, Jake Auchincloss's town hall in Fall River. And the rent stabilization ballot question came up from a Fall River resident asking about housing. So it's it's definitely been making some uh, making the rounds in terms of um, you know statewide and, and local news. So, Council Burgo, my question to you is that this question, while we we know that that housing is an issue, this this as a solution, 
rent control, rent stabilization. We can use those interchangeably, bankers and tradesmen. We uh, shouldn't use them interchangeably. No, I, I understand but, yeah. branding, but but we're going to. You can use what you want, but it's <laughs> rent control. But the um, the government's going to control the rent, right? In that definition, yes. Correct. So um, I want to know how we got here. So in the process of getting here, I reached out to people in the housing, people who provide housing, um, your colleagues on the city council. I wanted to find out how did we get here? And um, it may be surprising to you, but they, they pointed out a few things to me that I was actually shocked by, and I'd like to ask you about them. You've been the chairman of the housing committee. Prior to your tenure on the city council, there was no housing committee. You've been the chairman of the housing committee now for 15 months. Mm -hmm. How many meetings have you had? Three. Three meetings in 15 months. Mm -hmm. Does that seem like enough meetings to have to come to where you want to impose rent control in the city? And in nowhere in any of those meetings, in those three meetings, I read all the minutes, um, didn't take me long, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, how many of those three meetings, how, how long did that take to have three meetings in 15 months? Um, I believe they were all pretty much within an hour, if not a little over, but yeah. Little, or a little effort. less. Yeah, maybe. It was oh, less than three hours. There was one hours. on a Zoom. Yeah, there was one a Zoom meeting. It was less than three hours in 15 months. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that, those are the minutes that, that's the record we have. Yeah. I mean, does, does that seem like you're really working hard and coming to bring people in and stakeholders less than three hours over the course of 15 months? Well, the rent stabilization months? question is coming up now, so we will have more. Uh, right, but what my question is, how did you get to a rent stabilization so question? So this happened because of community members that have uh, actually approached me in the council chamber that were frustrated, similar to what you're saying, where they felt I haven't done enough in this uh, committee right. to steer the conversation towards, and they use the term rent control, which again... I guess we can talk about the, <laughs> the differences of that, but yeah. so we'll say rent control right now. But so, and I explained to them that I don't support rent control okay. in, in the sense of what policies have been in place. Because that's why don't you then? Because rent control, the way that it's poisoned, like New York City and other these places where I get the links that people have sent me showing, oh, it doesn't work here. And they're right. Rent control, where we control the actual amount. When so, and let's say a new development comes in, and we say, yep, you can't uh, set your rent more than $1,000. That's not what rent stabilization would be. In this case, new development could come in, and at that point in time when they're building here in 2023, they say the market right now for this two-bedroom is 2000 or more, whatever. they can set it to that. We're not telling them what they can set it to when they're doing new building here. And even older construction, what's happening now is once you set that rent, well, rent stabilization would come into play is, okay, I signed a lease with Chris McCarthy. He's going to pay $2,000 a month for this apartment. That's the market rate right now. The following year, when you go to renew that lease, I can't then say, oh, well, guess what? I'm going to charge 4000 now okay. and, and double this rent. Instead, we would, we would talk about different ways that we can put, and this is where, obviously, the definition of people want to use the word control is, we're going to control the amount you can increase it. Now, consider that to New York, where people have been grandfathered into rent control apartments. You can't raise the rent at all. Right. Uh, you, you transfer it from family member to family member. We're not doing any of that. That's rent control, and that's why I get frustrated when people say, oh, it's the same thing. Yes, the term control, the definition of control, yes, we're controlling the increase, but when you want to use the policy of what rent control is, it's a different 
policy, and I want to have. There's that. a different name. Just, 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 to, enca- just to encapsulate the the, the distinguish uh, the distinguishing what what distinguishes um in your the, but by uh, rent control from rent stabilization. You're saying rent control is a hard cap on a dollar figure. Yes, and saying it can't be more than a thousand bucks a month. Rent stabilization is saying it's not a hard cap on a dollar figure. It's it's the 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 cap comes on the percentage increase in rent. So you can set the rent at over whatever price you want, but if you increase it, then it's got to be increased at ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent, etc. Correct. That's the diff- That's that's what you're defining as the difference between control, rent control, and rent stabilization. Just to be just just to just so, to clarify. So getting back to the to the conversation, um, over the course of fifteen months, less than three hours of any committee work on the on housing, while people are literally sleeping outside. Mm-hmm. Um, Without you holding meetings, you held three in 15 months, no housing issues were ever going to get passed by the city. You recognize that, right? Yeah, I, I see your point. So, what I want to say is because... So the, do you see yourself as an... That you have been an obstruction, actually, to any housing reforms in the city? That I'm an obstruction? Yeah, because by not holding any hearings by the, of the only housing committee in the city... No, I wouldn't say that I'm an obstruction to it. So who who would have held the hearings if you didn't do it no well here's the thing so i have released things to obviously i've sent motions to the the committee um and on those matters we've we've reviewed them similar to now this meeting that we just had at the city council i sent three motions these are new motions that we're going to review uh housing policies whether it's the accessory dwelling units anti-displacement zones or now this rent stabilization ballot question we'll have a public hearing on so we will be ramping up on all those to have those conversations the motions that I've sent for this past year of the city council were all motions that I had forwarded to the council. So if other of my colleagues wanted to send stuff to create, you know, discussions around particular housing policies, we could have held more meetings. But I held meetings around the motions that I had already sent to the committee. So, but, but when I when I reviewed the minutes of your housing committee, I don't see any discussion of rent stabilization or rent control, whatever you want to call it. Correct. None. Yep. And yes. then it just appeared on the council floor. Yeah, the discussion of it. So now we are beginning the discussion of it. So that, and I want to make that very clear. We're not sending a home rule petition. We have no final say of any language of rent. We're beginning the conversation now, which is going to occur in uh, the Affordable Housing and Homeless Fair Committee. So what are people voting on with this ballot question? Whether or not it's something that they would like to see their elected officials in New Bedford pursue, because we need eight votes of the city council, uh, a minimum of eight votes, and we need the mayor's signature. So as it is, you know, like I said, I spoke with the mayor and with this conversation, I wasn't surprised that he does not support it. And he uh, he hasn't said this clearly, but based on the conversation I had, he will potentially be vetoing this ballot measure along with the, the others, I assume. Um, so because of that, I'm hoping that this ballot question will help push the political will that's needed to actually create a rent stabilization policy. We got to take a break, but yeah. let's get to a call first. Good evening. Yes, hi, hi guys, hi, Councilor. I just have a quick question, and it has to do uh, with this 10, 20, and 30% uh, potential increase down the road if something were to come to fruition. Uh, my, my question is, there's a need to, to establish a base number now, uh, because if, for example, uh, my landlord, who's charging me seven and a quarter a month, looks at this from his current standpoint, and realizes that down the road, a year from now or two years from now, 
um, he's going to be limited to 10, 20, or 30% increase. He's going to go, gee, 10% of seven and a quarter is 72 bucks. But if I raise Tom's rent to 1700, that's going to give me 170 bucks two years from now. And uh, what's going to stop him from doing that now? That That's the, the scary part. There isn't a, an established base number that needs to be put in place now in order for this uh, potential thing to be possible. Yes. You follow? Yes. And, and that's a concern that's been brought up by uh, a, a lot of people that I've spoken to. Uh, Scott Lima was one of the first of my colleagues to actually mention that as a potential um, unintended consequence is the term you know uh, people are using uh, of rent control or rent stabilization. Um, it's definitely something that uh, you know we again. I'm hoping that we can work on and discuss when we're drafting this potential ordinance. But how would you do that? A setting a setting a base number. Well, well how how? But the, the the cat's out of the bag, Shane. Mm-hmm. I mean, landlords know that you're going to try to seize their property. So if they want to build, what Tom's talking about is that why would they not just do it now? Well, what I say to that tell is... Their land, tell their tenants this is the Shane Danista rent increase. <laughs> That's the first time hearing that. It's pretty good. He wasn't yeah. listening on the ride over. Yeah. Probably good for him. The Shane Danista rent increase. Yeah, well, I don't... Uh, what I will say is I, I don't know at this point what we would do in that sense, but I don't think that the landlords that he, he's ref, the caller is referring to um, would have that reaction at this point. I, you know, they're in a situation where I think they want to keep their tenants, especially if they're a good tenant. We know that good tenants are hard to find. That's the, that's the case that I hear from a lot of landlords. So I don't think they want to put themselves in a situation where they would jack up the rent. Or, or, so, or, 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 but isn't that the price, argument you're making pr- that we need this so that they can't jack up the rents? I'm sorry, say that one more time. The, the argument that I'm hearing is that you need to do this to prevent landlords from jack, jacking up the rent, but now you're telling me that you don't think landlords are going to jack up the rent. The particular landlords that this caller is referring to. He's talking to. about all landlords. Well, not all landlords are paying, uh, charging $700 a month for rent, I can tell you I that think, for sure. I think that's probably people, I think those people are probably well, well, in the, you know, well, well, this. In this the minority. This is the Mahal here. Right. Uh, my landlord's gone up uh, $325 in three years. I'm on a fixed income. Mm-hmm. What I'm worried about, and I, you know, I don't have to eat on Tuesdays and Thursdays yes. to make my rent. I know you're making a joke, okay but it's not funny. Me. I, I understand the idea Tom, is, at this point in time, he's in business. He's going to be uh, uh, considering protecting his business Correct. if he sees that there's going to be a rent stabilization cap put on his number. Mm-hmm. And that base number right now is seven and a quarter. He can send me a letter tomorrow and say, Tom, your rent's 1300 Then what happens? Mm-hmm. Well, what I will say is the discussions I've had with my colleagues, we are looking to put in exemptions for owner-occupied homes or those landlords who actually live in New Bedford. Um, so I, I don't think that in this particular landlord you're referring to would even be affected by a rent stabilization policy that we would put together. I'm just, I'm just Shane, uh, I like you a lot, and I, I think you really mean well. I'm just thinking that looking at the track record... I don't think you understand how fast some people move, mm-hmm. and you're not moving as fast as the landlords are going to move. Well, well, isn't I mean here's here's just as a, a counter uh, a counterpoint. Thanks for the call, Tom. Uh, just as a counterpoint, um, aren't they just jacking up the rents anyway right now? Isn't that why this conversation needs to happen? 
Well, that's what I usually say to people when they tell me, oh, you know, they're, they're just going to check the rents, they're doing yeah, it anyway. they're doing it anyway, and that's why this conversation has come about. Um, and so for me, I, you know, I, <laughs> there's a, a saying where the quickest way anywhere is slowly, because I don't want to go in a situation where I'm rushing through something and, and miss. So that's why I'm starting off slow. I didn't rush for a home rule petition to get this. I want to do it in my uh, mindset of the right way of starting the conversation, bringing the residents in to decide. And also, like I had mentioned, I'm looking to bring in developers and bankers, real estate agents, the landlord association um, to start developing what it could look like. Or maybe the people in New Bedford are going to vote and say, no, we don't want this at all. But I think the greater concern is that the people in New Bedford are already feeling this price gouging uh you know, stress. And that's why people that are opposed to this realize, oh, crap, this might actually be popular because we're already putting our residents in a situation where they're being priced out of our city. So, Shane, uh, so we have to take a break, right? Yeah, let's yeah. take oh, a break okay. and we'll be right back. I'm Chris. Um, so, Shane, I did actually want to talk because we talked about the committee meetings and stuff, but you're doing stuff outside of the city council chambers with housing. And, and, and just we touched on it a little bit, but I've had I remember having you on my program to talk about it more at length. But can you just briefly mention again the uh, the home group and the work you guys do? Yeah. So the home group is, home stands for housing options for momentum and equity. Um, so, you know, I, I think I've actually we've had more home groups and we've had uh, affordable housing and homeless affair committee meetings uh, to Chris's point. Um, you know, and what, and what I will say to uh, in regards to that, yes, we, we could have had a lot more meetings, but I was a freshman counselor. It was my first year, um, and I used to joke that I was still learning where they kept the paper uh, right. in the council chamber. So, and, and one of the things too, I um, you know they don't typically give freshman uh, chairmanship. So I was you know honored that and humbled that Councilor Abreu at the time, uh, being the president, had given me that option. So I'm glad to I'm hoping to have a lot more. Well, I'm not hoping I will be having a lot more meetings this year, but I'm but, glad. Oh, Shane, not to cut you off, but. Sure. And I appreciate that you that you were honored by getting that chairman, mm -hmm. but you waited nine months to hold your first meeting. Nine months, mm -hmm. right? You didn't hold a meeting for for the year until the till the ninth. You, nine months went by before you even held your first meeting as a chairman yeah, of the committee. Yeah, but at the same time, if you remember, we were dealing with the ARPA funds, the American Rescue Plan Act money, which is very important. I was doing a lot of negotiation, trying to raise funding for housing in that sense. Uh, and then we had the budget session right after that. So there were a lot of pressing matters. Not, and again, housing is very important. But when we're talking about... But to not hold a meeting in nine months indicated, I believe, at least to, to my sources, that your commitment was was maybe more political than than genuine because nine months to not hold a meeting well i challenge is that because you know my but, commitment but has you do been in nine months i i just explained to you i was learning how to be a city councilor that's the first thing they don't teach you that you know and being a new bedford city councilor and then again the opera situation which is, which is a unique situation covid19 came out of nowhere we were trying to figure out how to use these millions of dollars in our city. Million. the negotiations that we were doing the uh, amount of meetings that we had trying to finalize the budget to make sure that housing was a priority so to say that my commitment to housing was not there is not factual and i, I challenge it because uh, i was one of the only counselors uh, one of the a few counselors pushing for housing when it came to the ARPA and when it came to budgets. So to say that in nine months I wasn't talking about housing, that I wasn't focusing on it, is absurd. I, I, but, 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 and again, you were the chairman of housing and still are. Yep. And in 15 months, 
you spent less than three hours in any committee meetings, and anything to do with housing has to go to your housing committee. So the fact that you waited nine months to have your first hearing is... I mean, it's right there on the record. I know it hurts to look at it. I was, I was shocked I'm by it, Shane. I'm not denying any of it. Shane, I was shocked by it. When, when it was pointed out to me, I said, I actually called someone and said, there's got to be other records that I can't see. And they said, no, that's all the records. N- to wait nine months to even have a hearing, you got to understand why that is outrageous. No, I'm hearing that, and I, I gave my answer to that. So I don't know if you want me to repeat what I've said, just as you've repeated what you said. That's interesting. I, I think it's worth noting, too. But you were committed to it. I, I, I am committed. No, no, I'm still I get, committed to housing. Three hours. I think, three it, hours. I, think it's worth, I think it's worth noting, actually, that there has been, from the home group's advocacy, additional money from uh, ARPA funds that were d- directed towards housing initiatives, right? Yes. And I believe originally, too, the, the, at the time, they had they were only planning to approve, I think, three housing projects, and we were able to push to end up approving five. Um, so th- there was a lot of great work that was done, whether not through the committee or not. I could hold committee meetings that are just arbitrary, but I wanted to make sure we get but the groundwork. I mean, well, you, you know, you really kind of dismiss it, Mike. But what, what you're, what, I'm not what, dismissing the research. It. It's all right there. I have denied. You did all kinds of work, but you didn't hold a meeting for nine months. When I added up all the hours on the minutes, and it came up to less than three in 15 months. And now you're saying the answer is to put a question. People are sleeping outside, Shane. And now you want to put a ballot question well, to ask people's opinion on it. Yeah. Do you understand why that seems like... Well, you, and you're talking about homelessness, and homelessness isn't just regulated to, relegated to uh, people sleeping outside. There are people that are couch hopping currently. Uh, like I've talked to a number of times about the fact that the face of homelessness is our students here uh, in at New Bedford Public Schools. Um, the, and again, as 10%. I... 10%. As, as I, re- I saw at one of your meetings. Yeah, as, Someone as, brought it up. I think Ms. Ledbetty? Led, oh, Ledbetter. 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 Yeah. She Ledbetter. brought it up in one of your hearings. The head of the NAACP. Yeah, I read it in the minutes of, of one of your meetings. Yes. The, the one of the three you had. Yes, the one of the three I had. Um, so what I'm saying is I, I've been working on this matter, and now with the partnerships that we've been able to garner and now pushing forward, as I mentioned before, the quickest way anywhere is to go slowly. We don't rush things just because we feel as though it will cause a sense of urgency. If you don't do things slowly and thought out process, it, it doesn't mean anything. I could have held uh, 100 meetings for two hours long, and if nothing was actually done in those meetings, what would that have mattered as well? But 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 you didn't. But, I mean, that's the point is that without we know nothing gets done if you don't have meetings. I've so had, to say that to have a meeting that might not have been worth anything is better, but, uh, is but, uh, not as good as not. As we've mentioned, the, the home group is an extension of that in a sense. It's not a political organization. It's a community-based group. But the work that was done for building housing and that, the discussions around the ARPA funds was, you know, housing was a priority then. So that's why I challenge your assertion that I didn't make housing a priority in my first term. A lot of people have told me the only reason why the city is even talking about housing is because I'm pushing for it. When we look at the mayor's, when we're looking at the mayor's uh, State of the Union address that we had last year, how much did he talk about housing? I don't know. He didn't talk about housing. So the fact that we're able to have these conversations pushed on the city council, and, and, and again, I thank Councilor Abreu for creating this 
committee. But prior to this committee, when was housing a priority like this? When was housing initiatives being pushed like this? Yeah. So, so, so just to just to sort of encapsulate that. So basically, what you're saying is, you know, you spent some time learning the job. You had obviously the all the meetings around ARPA where you did advocate for and have more money to, directed towards housing initiatives. And Wait, do I get to your, bring a lawyer? Through your, through your, um, through. I mean, that's kind of the point of the show, right? Is the is the, is the dichotomy, right? So, um, it's a real, otherwise, no, no, it's uh, a real know, dichotomy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It is a real so, dichotomy. So, 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 so um, the point I'm trying to make is, is what you're saying is. Just because you didn't have a voluminous amount of meetings doesn't mean you weren't using your position as a city councilor, both inside and outside of the chambers, to advocate for and move policy on housing. And it's something that you're continuing to do. I know you came on and talked about accessory housing uh, dwelling units. I know that there's been additional funding directed towards ARPA because of the home group and the work that you and my, my cousin Carl Alves did at PACA and that, that organization. And, and it's you know, to be fair... Shane, it's no small thing to have, I think, our congressman and someone from the federal housing and urban development come down and uh, make a trip uh, down here to speak with a, a, a group that really just started about six months ago. So just, you know, I, I, I think all in three hours work. Or less than three hours. <laughs> all, work. All, three, all in three hours work. So I, I, it's amazing. And, and I make that joke to say that a lot <laughs> no, no, of work is done. Uh, yeah, a lot of work is done uh, outside. Of, and I, I just don't want to make it sound like I've just been sleeping on the job the whole time. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hi, how you doing? Good. Good, good. good. Um, first of all, I am a landlord here in the city. And I commend Councilor Burgo to bring the subject up. It's, you know, people got this thing that the landlords, the landlords are totally against this and not, you know something, I really believe that the conscientious landlords are all in favor of getting rid of greed, because there is a lot of greed going around nowadays, okay, and people that take advantage of people's situations, and ever since COVID started, you have raft out there and it's a drop in the bucket. They just say, well, not paying the rent. Let's go to raft. Let's get X amount of months of rent for free. There's a lot of abuse and people are greedy. That's what it comes down to. As a landlord, I would I make, I make less money now percentage wise than I ever did before percentage wise because the costs are just going up. Mm -hmm. And this whole thing of doubling rent it's 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 a given it's happening all the time i get calls constantly about people are in desperate need of housing because their landlord just sold the house now their rents are doubled and i get it this is capitalism whoever buys a house now for four hundred fifty thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars has to recoup their investment Correct. i get that and that's where i think coming up with a conversation is only going to help the situation do I agree that government maybe get involved? No, I, I, I'm totally I'm totally against government getting involved. But there's got to be some kind of solution because the problem is real. Okay, the problem is real, and to sit there and Chris, I want to give you a little homework. I want you, since you you know you, you looked up his minutes, I want you. Actually, someone gave them to, to me. Drive. I didn't look them up, but go ahead. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I want you to drive. From the south I can't end. drive, sir. Oh, I apologize. Well, it's a figure of speech. You can pick me up I if you want. I want you to go from the south end. 
to the Freetown line. You tell me how many private private investments there has been in this city. I don't know how I would tell that. I, I, I could probably tell you. Housing, there's been one in the last bunch of years. Private housing, new builds. And it was a, it was a foundation up in the South Sequin area that burnt down. So the, the gentleman rebuilt it. Oh, I know. Me, I, right, by the nursing, right by the nursing home. Exactly, exactly. You show me any other investments that is private. Now, go to Fall River. You go to Fall River. There's a lot of buildings. Show me how yeah. many new construction, private developments there are in this, that city. So, so tell me, tell me what, what what do you mean? By, what what do you what do you think what the problem is? Is, is, it, is it the city? city? Is not business friendly. Okay, we're hearing that. Yeah, we that's need, true. We need private investment. Every single totally. project in this city has been subsidized by government money, federal, state, you name it. And if you want. A city to, 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 you need private development. Totally agree. You know, yeah. This city is being inundated so, with nonprofits. So, sir, I you appreciate your call. The Coastline Elderly Project nonprofit took tax rolls off the, off the, off the roll. You got the Regal House Project tax rolls off the, off the, so, I mean, I'm so, building off sir, the tax I, 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 we get your, we get your point. I got to move on to the next caller. I yeah, do appreciate your call. Thank, thank you very much. Continue. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue this conversation over. The next, I guess, eight eight or nine months anyway. So so stay tuned and, and please continue to call in. Good evening. You're live. All right. So I feel like people are talking about the housing market in New Bedford. Mm-hmm. And there's like to like respectfully to Councillor Burgo, there's just not the money to build enough affordable housing with just state dollars. And, and to last caller's point, um, like New Bedford, real estate costs more per square foot in New Bedford than it does in Fall River. So what I don't understand is why can't a private homeowner in New Bedford build what they want to on their plot of land? They bought that land. They pay taxes to the city of New Bedford. So why is John Mitchell, why is the planning department, why are they stopping you from converting your garage to an apartment? Why are they stopping you from being able to add a unit in your attic just like our grandparents did, taking a little bit of extra money if they wanted to? Why are they stopping you? from taking an old house and converting it to two units. Um, if, if you look at the only development we're building in Sasquatch, up around there in the far north end, mm-hmm. it's housing for millionaires. If you look at the cost of new construction housing in New Bedford, it's a giant mansion, 2,500 square feet with three car garages and all tons of land around them. And the kind of housing that got built in New Bedford, duplexes, triplexes, all that housing, it's all illegal now. Right. If you look at the zoning codes, you're not allowed to build that housing in New Bedford. So I just want to see some rights for property owners to build freedom in New Bedford, to build freedom in this city where you allow property owners to build what they want to on their land that they paid for and that they pay taxes on. And the city could solve this housing problem if we let property owners do what they want to on their land. That's their land that they paid for and they're paying taxes on. So Shane. why can't property owners do what they want to on their land and solve this city's housing problem? Thanks Shane. for the call. We appreciate it. Shane, give me your last for me. Yeah, so I, I agree with them. This, this is one of the reasons why uh, one of the motions that obviously didn't make as much news uh, from that night, uh, understandably so, was uh, um, a motion to look at our ordinances, uh, specifically around our accessory dwelling units. Um, and, yeah. and we could look at other. It, the caller's right. 
right now we're in a situation where people can't create more units within uh, uh, properties that they own. Um, you know, we talk a lot about there's not a, a lot of places for people to develop land, but there's it's underdeveloped in some sense, uh, as the caller pointed out, where we could be repurposing older homes, uh, making them to two units, or as he mentioned, uh, doing an in-law suite or an attic suite. Uh, these are all types of accessory dwelling units, and this is something that my committee will be looking at. It's, it's a motion you actually proposed. Correct, yes. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back, and we see some calls online. Stay tuned. 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM. South Coast. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. Welcome back. Shane's a great sport. He's staying yeah. with us past the uh, 9 o'clock hour. Good evening. You're live. Yeah, hey. Good evening, guys. I really appreciate the show. Thank you. Thanks. Um, I'm, a, I'm a landlord, and uh, a couple of months ago, I went for a loan on one of my one of my properties where there's no mortgage on it, and the bank wouldn't give me the loan because they said my rents are too low. So they're doing like a uh, an appraisal of some sort, mm -hmm. and they've made a business decision that, you know, they don't think I should get the loan right now. So what my point is this, uh, there are people in the, in the city here uh, who work full-time, who work two jobs, uh, never been in trouble, they vote. Uh, they don't have any leverage to, to uh, make, a, make, a, make a pitch that they should get more money from their employer. Right. Uh, I mean, the bank, the, the railroad guy just went on strike because they couldn't get one sick day. And that's, that's after years of fighting. Right. Our low-income people don't have a shot at keeping up with the high end of the real estate market. And uh, the business school, Charlton, uh, lots of business schools. I mean, there's no secret that in our economy, uh, the low-end, hard-working worker uh, has actually lost money over the last 20 years. Correct. He has no polit political leverage to keep up with the market. And all I want to suggest is during this new market, that the banks and the landlords and everybody involved with, uh, with, with what Mr. Virgo is doing, that there ought to be some kind of a, an assessment done based on the income of the workforce here. And with new properties, just do some kind of an assessment on what the rent should be based on certain neighborhoods. Just as a marker for, to put a little leverage on the landlords that are greedy. And just to give people some kind of a, you know, an argument or a pitch what they should be doing, what they, what kind of rent they should be having. And maybe with that, you can have a hardship, um, a source of money for hardship for people who have to no fault of their own, none, can't afford the raising rates because they have no leverage to fight in this game. They none, you know? No, I think, so, I think, sir, I think you make a very impassioned um, point, and I think it's, it's a very legitimate point. Um, but the question comes down to, is polling the the voters of New Bedford um, at election time asking if they'd like to pay a lower rent actually a solution. I, I don't think it is. Well, not well, paying we, a lower yeah. rent, but helping stabilize the increases that they're seeing. Well, you know, the, uh, the banks, I mean, every time a company comes into New Bedford, you know, they, they appeal based on some kind of hardship that you get a tip. <laughs> well, that's you true. Know? It's the same thing. I mean, the little guy doesn't have any leverage that they, all the rich guys, the rich guys get all kinds of subsidies and actions and agreements. You know, that's all I'm saying is that it's not an equal playing field to have leverage like a, like a union, a union bring and help the guy come, help their people. Would you suggest uh, the a tenant's union? The guy doesn't have union? any appeal 
And uh, it's just something that's to begin the. We're just trying to start a, a, a little political uh, action committee here for the guy who has no shot at playing. And he's getting pushed out into the street. Why does a guy who's with two jobs, can't get any sick leave, can't get any family leave, he has no chance to fight against a rent increase? He's done nothing wrong. There's got to be something wrong with the system that doesn't include everybody. And, and it's the consumer, it's the middle class guy who runs the economy. 80% of the economy is based on these people. And yet we can't, you know, we, we don't help them out. Where's our sense of, uh, you know, social responsibility to our fellow people who are helping run this economy. And Sir, I, I got to take this break, but we appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Um, all right. Yeah, guys, please continue calling on this topic. We're going to be talking about it for a, a while. Yeah, a we're going to cover the CPA with, with Shane as well. I know. Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about that in, uh, in the nine o'clock hour. The WBSM app is every calls uh, on the line. I'm just going to ask you to hold. Uh, Shane's going to stay here for a little bit with us. We got We got a couple other questions. We really we appreciate ask him. that, Shane. We appreciate it, Shane. We know it's a, it's a work night. Um, so uh, we're going to, yeah, we're so we'll just hold that call. We right. see you on the line. We're just going to hold you until the, till after the news, and uh, we'll talk to Shane more, and we'll talk to you more at five zero eight nine nine six, zero five hundred. That's how you can get on the program this evening. Um, Shane, is there anything that you uh, want to say that'll fill thirty seconds of time? Yeah, I just I want to mention to uh, to the cause that we have this rent stabilization uh, initiative that I'm looking to you know, have a conversation about is not the only solution that I it's not the one solution there's no one fix all for our housing crisis I want to make sure that's very clear for people sure. I'm not proposing this to say this will solve all of our problems here in New Bedford um, it's just one tool in the tool uh, toolbox yeah uh, and you know you brought up your your work on the accessory dwelling units and 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 again it's going to be a whole uh, you know sort of a new